All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Well, a magnificent Monday afternoon. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show. Sports 1440 live. Oilers Nation YouTube, of course, on uh, Facebook, as well as sports1440.ca. We have uh, all of the uh, the apps, Stingray, iHeartRadio, Radio Player, wherever you listen to it. It is crystal clear. We uh, thank you. For joining us, as always, after a busy weekend in sports. And oh my goodness, we got four hours, but I'm not sure we're going to have enough time to talk about everything because there is a lot and lots to get to for the Edmonton Orders, uh, the NHL, the NFL, the Alberta Junior Hockey League, uh, what is happening uh, there. So uh, we'll uh, we'll try to squeeze it all in. Today, the Gregor Show, as always, is presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca. The game starts before the puck drop at PlayAlberta.ca. Of course, uh, you can sign up today. Use the promo code SPORTS50, and you will get a free $50 wager if you have yet to play at PlayAlberta.ca. The uh, Edmonton Orders, 13 in a row. You thought maybe the Flames would be the game that trips them up. Maybe. But uh, the orders came out. That should have been 3 4 nothing the first period, man. They were all over them. Dan Vladar is the only reason they kept that game close. And even when it was 1 1 in the orders, you know what? They got a fortuitous bounce, to put it lightly. The Sam Gagne goal, but guess what? It doesn't matter. There's no pitchers on the score sheet, as they say. And uh, Gagne in the fourth line get the uh, game winner after Ryan McLeod with an excellent opening goal for the orders. No McDavid, no dry subtle on the score sheet. No problem. The orders. As great as their top players are right now, they don't need their great players to win games. I shouldn't say they don't need them. They don't need them to carry them to win games. That's more accurate. They don't need to carry them. And that is a very good sign because there's going to be nights 
Uh, Drysaddle had four points the other game against Seattle. McDavid had a five-pointer and a 5-2 win against Philly. There'll be nights for sure. But it used to feel like, well, if those guys aren't dominating, the orders aren't winning. Not the case. Because the orders don't give up many goals anymore. They've figured out how to defend consistently. Did you know that since the NHL expanded after uh, 1967, so 1967-68, there have been 10 teams in the NHL that have had streaks of 11 or more games where they allow two or fewer goals. The Oilers right now are at 11. The Jets are at 14. So two of them this season. And uh, the the most is uh, 18 by the uh, Stanley Cup winning 2012 Los Angeles Kings. Now, of course, the 1928 Montreal Canadiens, back when offensive passes weren't allowed, they did it. But I think the game's changed. So uh, I'm just using since 1967. It's only happened 10 times, and the orders are one of them. They're the only team that's won all games during that stretch. They're 11-0 in their last 11 games, allowing two. They're 13-0 in their last 13 games. And uh, they are like the Jeffersons, baby. They are moving on up. In the uh, NHL standings, in the uh, in the race, and uh, with every win, you just see them. Uh, and they still got games at hand on pretty much every team ahead of them. So uh, their points percentage is there. Uh, now, Vegas Golden Knights have actually reeled off three wins after a tough previous 20 games. But uh, the orders are still six back of Vegas with four games at hand. And how about this for fun drama? If the orders can take care of business against Columbus tomorrow, Chicago on Thursday, and Nashville on Saturday... Then they will head out on their uh, bye week slash all-star break. When they return, their first game back, the Vegas Golden Knights. There could be a chance that the orders in Vegas have a chance to tie the NHL record. And honestly, if I look at this week and I say, okay, here's let's let's go through their opposition this week. The Columbus Blue Jackets come to town. And uh, they are 28th overall in the National Hockey League. You can't take any team lightly, but... They are 28th overall. They have uh, given up a lot of goals. Now they've got Goudreau and they got Line and they got some skill, but let's be honest. The Edmonton owners, you go position by position, they're a better team. Then they have the Chicago Blackhawks in town. Now we saw what happened. On, on maybe have an off night as a skating group while your goaltender plays great. Well, that's what happened against the Blackhawks. The order still won the game. They had two goals disallowed, one of them that I still definitely don't think should have been disallowed. And they beat them. I, I think that's actually a good thing for the orders. I don't think they're going to take the Blackhawks lightly at all on Thursday night. I think Thursday night might be a little bit of a spanking, to be honest. And then it comes to Nashville. The Preds are a good team, but for whatever reason, the Edmonton owners right now own the Predators. The Predators are essentially what the Buffalo Bills are to the Kansas City Chiefs in the postseason. Sorry, Duramchuk. Sorry, Bills fans, but that's just how it is. You can't beat them. And... Or at least consistently, you can't. So we'll see. The it's it sets up for a good week to uh, to get to sixteen. Then you're going to have to wait almost two weeks, ten days before finding out if the orders can tie the NHL record. It's an exciting time. If like no one would ever think you'd win thirteen in a row. It doesn't happen very often. Never mind sixteen. So uh, enjoy it while you're in it. Eventually, the orders are going to lose a game, but uh, they're a good team. And uh, they just made two additions in 48 hours and gave up no assets. James Hamlin, Adam Ernie out, 
And I'll say this about Hamlin and Ernie. Guess what? They didn't get scored on. They outscored Hamlin was 9-5 overall this season. Didn't get, bring a lot of points, but when he was on the ice, the orders outscored the opposition 9-5 at 5-on-5. And Adam Ernie, also a plus player, 5-on-5, outscoring the opposition. But you bring in Dylan Holloway. He's bigger, faster. I think his toolbox is a little bit more plentiful than Hamlin's. And Corey Perry, it's not really a comparison to Adam Ernie. You look at Corey Perry's track record as a player. He's been on a lot of winning teams. He's top 100 in goals all time. He's going to be top. He's going to pass Yari Curry this year for most playoff games played. He has 196. He'll get into the 200 club. His next goal will be his 50. Oh, sorry. He already has 53 uh, playoff goals tied for 49th all time. He'll move up there probably in the postseason. I would think he'd score one. He'll find a way. That's what he does. There's a guy who knows how to elevate his play come playoff time. And when his cap hit this season is the same as Adam Ernie, that's a win. So the orders in 48 hours, you had Holloway who looked great in Calgary. Bigger, stronger, faster center iceman. That's what they need. And then you bring in Corey Perry. He won't play tomorrow. He's probably not playing Thursday by the sounds of it. Their plan is to hopefully get him in on Saturday against the Nashville Predators. Just get him one game before the break. You know, then they'll have the bye week. Then he'll come back and skate. He has been skating with Danny Savret for the, uh, you know, Savret's kind of been coaching him, conditioning him here for the last few months, six weeks. So, you know, but like every player will tell you that you're not in game shape just when you're skating. So he'll get around the team, uh, get th- put through the paces, probably stay out uh, tomorrow after the morning, skate a little bit longer, work through the paces, then practice Wednesday, go through the paces Thursday, Friday, and then he'll uh, be on the ice for the game on Saturday. And, to me, this is the orders just got better. We, we you can debate on what percentage, but I don't think anybody can say that Hamblin and Ernie are a better combination than Holloway and, and Perry. So you're improving your team, and you gave up no assets, you gave up no draft picks, you you gave up a little bit of cap space, about a hundred and eight k from uh, Holloway to Hamblin. Not a big deal, right? Not a big deal at all. So I look at uh, at the orders. Uh, they're rolling. They just got a little bit better. That's what you want. I'm, I'm not a big believer that, oh, it's going to upset chemistry. Their fourth line, look at them. Who scored the game-winning goal last game? Holloway and Gagne. They just got back in the lineup. So I don't, uh, I don't put much stock into, oh, geez, you can't make changes right now. They're not going to change tomorrow. They're not going to change Thursday. But uh, you bring in Corey Perry. I don't think that's the reason that you would lose a game suddenly. I don't. Uh, I don't buy into it at all. So I think these are uh, these are good moves. Uh, you can chime in eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Put it in your phone. Save it. It's easy. Sports fourteen forty eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. We've already got your number saved. If you've texted us, uh, well, not your number, but your name. So it's uh it's great. So uh, you can chime in on uh, on your thoughts in regards to. Uh, to the orders, uh, the NFL, the Bills, tough loss. What about the Lions? Lions fans, it's been a long time. It's been over 30 years, and they are back in the uh, in the conference championship. Good for them. The uh, Baltimore Ravens took care of business. Lamar Jackson, hell of a game. Two touchdown passes, two touchdown runs. They are going to be a tough out for the Chiefs, man. Uh, I'm curious what the line is, but the, they're clearly the favorites. I think both teams are going to be favorites, and they might be big favorites. Uh, the 49ers, like the Lions, I give them credit, man. They they win games. That's awesome. They're one of the few teams who seems to be able to win games, Connor Halley, despite giving up big plays. Their defense gives up big plays, but they found a way to win. 
Yeah, that was my concern with the Lions going into this matchup over the weekend was uh, will they give up those big plays? But you're right. The offense continues to do it. I know Declan and I were doing the draft show back in the day, and Jameer Gibbs was taken with that 11th overall pick, and we thought you could trade down. You know, you could have got him at 18 with their second pick. Well, I mean, he scored a pretty big touchdown yesterday, and it worked out quite well. Uh, going to be interesting to see what happens against the Niners for sure, but uh, we'll see what uh, Debo Samuel, if he's going to be there. And uh, it was a good one, though, Gregor. I mean, I, I, I kind of as I thought the Chiefs would get the narrow victory over the Buffalo Bills, a tough one. Mahomes doing exactly what he had to do. Pacheco was great on the ground. It was an entertaining week of football, and Lamar Jackson just continues to impress Gregor. The first half, it was a little worrisome. I didn't know what exactly was going on, but he found his game in the second, kind of took that game over using his legs and his arm, and that Ravens Chiefs game right now, Ravens three-and-a-half-point favorites. Oh, okay, so not... Uh... Not a big favorite at all. So, no. I like it. Um, hey, guys, when I heard Perry's comments uh, about talking to John Cooper and his quote, smelling the playoffs, that's when it hit me how big of an ad Perry is. He's an all-time gamer, huge playoff asset. That one comes in from uh, Tater Tot. Hey, boys, Perry has the same number of points per game as Huberto. Perry, good career for that pace. Well, are we talking this year or in his career? Uh, Perry's been a really productive player. Now, he's not Hubert over the last five years. Hubert was off to a terrible start this season. There's no question. His his game has come around, but he's not going to play in a role of Hubert by any stretch of the imagination. Very different style players. Hey, guys, uh, what about the Katy Perry line? Works for fireworks from Suitcase. Kane, Drysaddle, Corey Perry. See, I'm not sold that Corey Perry is a top six regular player for you. Maybe they can try it. We'll see. All right. Um... I wouldn't be shocked that at some point, maybe, the head coach experiments with it. But there's no reason to move Warren. Like, I'm not bringing Corey Perry and put him in there right away. There's no chance. Right? Let's start him in the bottom six and then see how he feels, work his way up, and then we'll go from there. Hey, Gregs, uh, what's your thoughts on the uh, Alberta Junior Hockey League? That one comes from Brett. Well, yeah, for those who don't know, so uh, over the weekend... It was now. This is this is not this is being talked about for a while, and I can tell you, it's been talked about at the governor's meetings for a long time. This has been discussed amongst owners in the AJHL. This was not a surprise. Anybody claiming it's a surprise, they're falsifying it. Okay, it was not a surprise. In fact, the AJHL knew that before it came out on. It just became public on Saturday. They knew that starting next year, Brooks, Okotoks. Black Falls, Sherwood Park, and Spruce Grove were going to be leaving the Alberta Junior Hockey League. This this was not a surprise. They knew it at the league level. Okay, It came public on Saturday. And then because it came public, now maybe, I don't know, maybe the Hockey Canada didn't know. I'm not sure. But I don't understand why, because it was known behind closed doors that once it's out in the public, well, now they're going to suspend games. So any games that were involving... One of those five teams versus the other 11 teams, those games were postponed. Right? Drayton Valley, Black Falls, etc. But Spurs Grove still played Okotoks. Sherwood Park was scheduled. They played Black Falls. Those games weren't canceled. Calgary was supposed to play Spurs Grove yesterday. It was postponed. Now, here's my thoughts on it. I, I look at this situation and... Hockey Canada has been the one governing body for a long, long time. And I think it's fair to say Hockey Canada has had some pretty significant blemishes lately. Is that fair? Um, 
covering up some things, right? Um, it's like my, our way or the highway. You can never question them. They don't like to change things. Right? And which is funny because there's not even continuity across the country. Like Alberta, for some people don't even know it. In Alberta, there are two years age categories. In Ontario, it's one. Right? In other places, it's one. Right? 2013s only play 2013s. 14 plays 14s, etc. Right? Now, I've asked for a long time. Why wouldn't you do it? Because don't tell me oh, all this people. Oh, you, you got to play with kids older than you get better. Really? Pretty sure Ontario's produced a lot of NHL players. If that's your only thought process, because I can argue way more reasons why it's beneficial to only play against your age group. Significantly beneficial, especially when you get to contact, especially the first year in contact. I have argued for a long time. Hockey Alberta has it wrong with their age grouping. Having three years at U18 doesn't make sense to me. I would have had three years. Of you, and I'd be you 16. The first year, I would just have one age category. All the first years learn contact together. And get for all of you that are like, no, no, my little Johnny is special. He needs to challenge himself his first year of Bantam or U15 because that's going to make the difference in his full career. Give me a break. Okay, I'm sorry it isn't. There's way more players that do not like the game once it becomes physical. Especially because when you're a first year 13 playing a 14 year old, right? Some of those kids are way bigger. It's a size difference, right? There's intimidation at that age. So it would make it easier, but they've never done it. That's fine. So the AJHL, you had some teams that they, they, they talked about wanting to make some changes. They wanted to have some different recruiting rules and it was never allowed. So they opted to say, Hey, you know what? We're leaving next year. Now people say, well, why would they decide it now? Well, because everybody has a plan, right? So you plan out in front and away you go. Now, had the league said, okay, you decide you're leaving at the end of the regular season, that's your commitment. The playoffs are not guaranteed to any team. Had the AJHL said, you know what? We'll go till the end of the regular season, just like NCAA did, Connor. But the bowl season is different, right? That's not the regular season. Bowl season's not guaranteed. And I know it's still under the umbrella of the NCAA, so it's a little bit different. You know, the BCHL now governs himself outside of the umbrella of Hockey Canada. And so basically, Hockey Canada said, you know what? Anybody who doesn't want to work with us, you're done. That's what they did by suspending those teams. They can't control the teams in their head-to-head games because they're saying they're rogue teams now. So I, to me, I would have, I would have said to the organization, because I don't want, let's say, Brooks losing to Camrose and then having a line brawl in the final two minutes of a game because they've got upset and lost the series. And there's no recourse because the players aren't playing in the AJHL next year. Now, is that an extreme example? Of course it is. Do I put it past young guys to let their temper get the best of them? No, I don't because we've seen it. So could you have put something in place maybe? I, I wonder about the legalities. I'm not a lawyer, but I have to think that by saying you're leaving at the end of the season, you haven't officially done anything wrong during this season. Right? And so I'm not a lawyer, but... I wonder if there'll be some legal ramifications moving forward because of this. Um, I have heard some people suggest, well, this is really bad, you know, for the kids. It's, it's owners who are rich and they want to make more money. Well, first of all, I have talked to many AJHL owners for years. You don't make a lot of money. Okay. In a lot of cases, some of them lose money. They're passionate about hockey. Now, where you can make money is if your franchise ever sells, right? That's where you can make some money. There's no debate about that. But you don't have a ton of franchises selling very often. 
So I, I think, number one, there is some online. I like to call them online myths because that's where I read them. Oh, yeah. I've, they're, they're making lots of money. You realize that for these five teams, their travel expenses just increased. Right. And I don't believe that all of a sudden the fans are going to you're going to have way more fans at these games now. These five teams are probably going to be in one division in the BCHL, I would guess. And maybe they'll change the name now that you've got some teams in Alberta. Um, You know, there's pros and cons to it. But I don't, it's hard for me to want to just say, well, it's Hockey Canada and we just have to trust everything Hockey Canada does because they have such a great track record. And everybody should be honored to work with them. Would I like to see a little bit more continuity amongst the adults to figure out better solutions? Of course. But that's being talked about, and and there's been there's been no improvement there. So those five teams decided, you know what, we're going to go to the BC, join the BCHL, and there are some recruiting differences for sure. And you know what, when this is all ironed out, get someone on there. If you have concerns about, does this mean fewer Alberta kids are playing? Maybe I don't know if there'll be fewer. Because if you want to go there, you'll play. I don't expect the AJHL teams to fold. The other 11, like it wasn't long ago that there only used to be eight teams in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. So if there's 11 and you know what, some of your teams have left to go play elsewhere. I, I don't see how it's going to ruin the league. Like, sure, it hurts maybe in, in some places, but you still have 11 teams. There, there's no reason why they can't function. Right there. I, I would I would look and say because like like hockey can I don't know if people know this but like you know the JPHL and some of these other academies and stuff they if you play for them hockey Canada says well then you can't play you couldn't play junior A in Alberta then which I'm like what like why would we do that let's take a step back because that was not the JPHL that was hockey Canada's rule if you play for the JPHL at 14 or 15 now when you're 18 you can't play AJHL why. Like, can somebody give me a rational reason why? Other than I don't like it because we don't control everything. Right? That's that's my question. So now that you have teams in Alberta playing in the BCHL, kids who play in the in the uh, Junior Prospects Hockey League and those other leagues, they can play in Alberta, which they couldn't before, which I really don't understand, to be honest. I've never gotten a clear answer as to why. We put in a request today, uh, Connor Halley, to the uh, AJHL. We haven't uh, got a response yet. I'm, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I, I think there's some behind-the-scenes stuff going on. Um, you know, neither side is commenting publicly now, so you, you know, you wonder if if there is going to be some legalities here because I, I don't now. I don't know enough. I haven't seen, but I did speak to some people who are governors of the current eleven teams. And and these are the eleven teams, and they're like, well, I'm not sure they did anything that would for that would is worthy of being suspended because nothing in the writing suggests that you can't leave the following year. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see. There, you know, there might be some. Right, you got to commit to a certain time. I get all that, but um, there's still going to be all these teams playing. They're going to be in different leagues, right? There'll be some changes for it. There'll be some different recruiting, um, for sure. But overall, and, and here's the other thing, because I have a lot of people, well, you know what, they don't care about the kids. Well, I, I think we need to have a serious talk about hockey. There's way too many, and I, I shouldn't say way too many, because I think the vast majority of hockey parents are good hockey parents and only have their kids in it because they like it. They don't have aspirations of playing pro. 
They don't, you know, they don't dream about it for their kid. Right? You know, hey, if my kid could get a scholarship, that would be unreal. Maybe. But look at the percentage of kids who get to play even junior hockey in Alberta. So this really has no impact on U7s and U9s and U11s and U10s and U14s or whatever it is. It really doesn't. Okay? Because the the harsh reality and the lunacy at some point, like, I I don't buy into it. I never have. People always ask me, right? I mean, it's my job. Well, what do you think? I'm like, hey, if, if one parent wants to pay an absorbent amount of money for their U10 kid to play hockey, now, I would disagree with it. I wouldn't do it. Because hockey is actually statistically proven to be a late developing sport. And you don't know when your child is 9 or 10 or 11 if they're going to have the competitive fire necessary to, to go to the high level, of even to, even to just get to the WHL, which is really hard. And oh, by the way, 97% of kids who play in the WHL, they don't play in the NHL. Okay, if that's a WHL, it's a pretty high level. Right? So never mind Junior A. Right? So you want to get scholarships? Great. Awesome. Look how many kids play in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. How many of them get scholarships? Right? It's it's not that easy. And and then like there's scholarship and then there's like a full boat scholarship. Right? There's so you always gotta look some people, oh yeah, my son got a scholarship. Didn't you have to pay to go down there? But yeah, but he got a scholarship. So, okay. I don't see how like change is hard for everybody. I think the Alberta Junior Hockey League can still function with eleven teams. I don't see any reason why it can't. Now, it might be a little bit harder for Fort McMurray, right? Because if you take out Spruce Grove and Sherwood Park, that's, you know, that's two of the closest drives for them. So that sucks. There's no question about it. But if you have an 11 team, you can have a one division, right? Maybe some of the southern teams to cut it down, they play each other a little bit more. The northern teams, they play each other a little bit more. And away you go. I can easily see it. Hey, Gregor, hockey parents are terrible. Mike, no, they're not, Mike. Mike, that's, that's grossly incorrect grossly incorrect you're only talking about the few percentage people that go off the deep end that's not the majority so stop it okay there's lots of great hockey parents i would say the majority of them they go to the games they'd like to watch their son or daughter and they enjoy it. have fun they don't freak out so don't say hockey parents are terrible don't i don't buy into that garbage it's insulting to the parents that are good and there's way more good parents trust me i've coached for five years okay I've had one parent that I was like, mm, in five years. And I have different kids every year. Right? So that's one out of 80 different parents. And I shouldn't, I'd say one out of 160 because there's usually moms or dads. Right? So come on. I don't, I don't buy it. And I'm not buying it. We're not spreading that garbage on the show. Most parents are very good. Some people get a little caught up. That's fine. I always try to tell them, take a breath. What are you so upset about? Ah, my kid should be here there. Really? It's not going to matter. If your kids are that good, they'll get noticed. There is more scouts now than ever before. There's more opportunities to get noticed. And I, I hope the AJHL remains successful, and I hope these five organizations have success in the league they're going. That's how I view it. I don't view it. It's different, yes. But that's all it is, is different. I don't think it's better. I'm not sure it's going to be worse. I just think it'll be different. Quick break. We'll return here from uh, Dylan Holloway. Lots of text flying in. A three three four zero one fourteen forty. Your thoughts on uh, you know the AJHL? Obviously, it hits close to home for lots of people. I understand it. Hey, 
I know lots of friends who played in the AJ. Uh, you know, covered it, did play by play for a long time. I have lots of people in it now. It's a great league. It's fun, man. I love going to those barns. They're awesome. It's disappointing that you you kind of just pull the rug out from from both teams. Because what about your eleven teams that stay in the league? They lost games this weekend. How's that fair for them? I I, I thought that was a knee jerk reaction. My personal opinion. I thought it could be handled better. We'll take a break. Two thirty two. Welcome back, Gregor Show on Sports fourteen forty. Well as uh, Oilers Nation, YouTube, and Facebook. Thanks as always. We've got a lot of text flying in. 833-401-1440. Gregor Show is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Uh, we'll get to uh, uh, Dylan Holloway uh, momentarily. Of course, uh, Holloway. Uh, that was a big, uh, a big game for him. He was uh, he was pretty pumped. You know, it's it's his hometown. Uh, he's from around there. He had lots of family and friends in, and to get the assist on the uh, the game winning goal was uh, was a pretty big deal for him. So uh, we'll talk to him about that. And I thought he actually played very well. Uh, now remember, he played center most of his. He was drafted as a centerman. He played center in college. Right, played center in junior. He he likes center uh, as a guy who's a good skater. He just you know he's a little bit more in motion. So it, uh, you know we'll see. It's one game. You know, like the defensive responsibilities are obviously going to take a little bit of time, but. Going down to the American League and, and him playing a lot of minutes, 20 minutes a night, also was playing penalty kill. And I wonder if we start to see him get slotted in on the PK. Now, I'll say this about Knobloch. He likes consistency. He's essentially used the same six guys. Now, Drysaddle, of course, slides in on certain face-offs or not, but he likes Ryan with Nugent Hopkins. And he has Brown with Yanmark, and he has McLeod with Fogle. So, you know, would he... But if he really likes Holloway... And is playing well. Guess what? Some guys will deserve more ice time, and they might start sliding him in. So there's still a half a season to go. There's lots of time to get him inserted and comfortable on your penalty kill if you want. Young player, get him a little bit more ice time because I don't care who the player is. If all of a sudden you're playing ten or twelve or thirteen minutes a night instead of nine or ten, you're just in the game more, and I think you you have a better chance at success. That's just uh, that's kind of how I see it. So. You know, it's a, it's a good problem for the Edmonton Oilers. They're, they're going to have, like, well, you can never have too many good players. I'll say that. And the Oilers now they got a little bit of diversity, right? Corey Perry brings elements that a lot of the other guys don't have. He doesn't bring a ton of speed. He doesn't need a lot of speed. He's had a really successful career without being a burner. Not everybody has to be a burner. I think the Oilers have enough speed. So now Perry can uh, can grind it out. He can be a little bit of an agitator. He can be a rat. Maybe if there's games where there's not a lot of emotion, all of a sudden Corey Perry's going to do something. And guess what? Because the thing about having someone, I remember Lucic telling me, like there was games he kind of wasn't really into it. And then Marshawn would do or say something, and every guy on the other team was all over him. And suddenly Lucic is like, well, now I'm in the game because he's like, well, that's my team, and I like him. i got to protect him. And he could bring you into the game sometimes. And I think that's what you'll see from Corey Perry. Corey Perry's not a shrinking violet on the ice. Right? And as, as long as he remains the same personality on the ice, it will be uh, that should be a benefit to the orders. Uh, let's get to the uh, oil report brought to you by Volvo Cars Edmonton.com. They just won their 13th excellent award uh, overall in sales in new and certified pre owned vehicles and customer service in sales and service. So, a uh, pretty, pretty good run there. 13 wins for the orders, 13 years. For uh, excellence award at volvocarsedmonton.com. Congratulations. And uh, you're Dylan Holloway, just, you know, very excited in the, in the room today, uh, getting back in the NHL and back playing center. 
Yeah, I mean, growing up, I was a centerman my whole life. Uh, junior in college, I played center. Uh, so I'm definitely comfortable with the position, and it wasn't until pro where I uh, moved to the left wing. So going back to center is kind of uh, it's pretty refreshing. I like it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you get more speed, I think, with, puck, with the puck, and then more puck touches, and then obviously it's a bigger role de- defensively. So uh, I like it. I think it's a good fit for myself, and I'm just, I'm just grateful to be back playing again. How important was it for you, and just confidence and just feeling the puck to play all those minutes down the American League last month? Yeah, it was great. Obviously, coming off of injury, uh, it's never easy. Uh, and then when you get back, it feels like you haven't played in so long. And then, uh, so that, yeah, I think the best thing to, to do is just kind of get thrown into it, and get get playing a bunch. And then uh, I was fortunate enough in Bakersfield to play like 20 minutes a night, play center, play big minutes. So uh, I was definitely able to get some puck touches down there and uh, help my game, help my confidence for sure. And it just seemed like your first game in Calgary, you step in the NHL. And now you've been here before, so I don't think you're overwhelmed, but you definitely look like a more confident player and you step right in and obviously your line scores the uh, the game winning goal. Yeah, yeah, I felt good for sure. Um, I thought it was a big one for myself personally, just from outside of Calgary. I had a lot, lots of friends and family at the game, so I was really excited for that one. Uh, but yeah, it was great, great to get the win. That was a massive win for our team. Uh, little part of history there so I'm just very very grateful to be a part of it and uh, I wanted to do whatever I could to help the team win and uh, I was just really happy with the end result you come in to a time the team's won 12 in a row yeah. and you're like well this probably can't think of a better time to come into an organization right now yeah 100% I mean I've been watching every game uh, like since I've been out and the, the boys have just been so hot lately uh, every, everywhere is clicking goaltending has been phenomenal by Stu and Picks and then uh, our top lines have been great but depth has been great so uh, you know I just want to step in and help in any way I could almost like not get in the way because things were going so well but uh, I was just grateful to get, to get the win and be a little part of history the other thing I noticed you were a penalty killer down the American League and that's something that you know for bottom six guys you want to get on the PK have you had conversations with the coach is that something you think that will happen in the future yeah I think so they're they're talking about a little bit uh you know like hopefully get some PK reps but uh, I was PKing down in down in Bakersfield uh and yeah you're right it's just another opportunity to get more minutes kind of uh stay in the game a little bit more and uh it's a big role that you take a lot of pride in because usually if you have a good penalty kill and your team wins games so uh that would definitely be a, a huge honor to be a part of and uh I'd be yeah I'd be really grateful to be on the penalty kill going forward well I, I think there's going to be a chance I, I think you could uh, I, I think you definitely could uh uh see that from him in the future I don't see uh I don't see why not at all. So uh, we'll go from there. But, you know, Holloway, I really liked his game. And I've always I've liked Holloway's game, uh, ever going back to, to Junior A when I watched him. Special player. Like, he can skate. He's powerful. Uh, he did uh, talk to him about his kneecap. He did actually break his kneecap. That's what kept him out for the, uh, for the two months. And he just said it was awkward. Like, he goes, like, I've had a bruised knee before. But uh, this was one where just when you saw him fall into the boards, the way his, uh, just the angle that he went in, fractured the top of his kneecap. <laughs> Ouch. And he was able to walk probably four or five days after, but the minute he had to try to like bend down, couldn't do it. So he spent the first uh, many weeks training uh, in the pool, walking in the pool, because, you know, obviously everybody who ever trains there, it's, uh, it's much easier on you it's not as weight bearing right so that's what he spent probably the first two to three weeks he said was just uh you know he started out slow and then eventually like he was walking then eventually graduated to running in the water and slowly to the point and then he was able to to do stuff uh, outside the water and um says he was uh, you know he's ready to go in early january and then he went down to the miners and said man is the best thing for him 
just to develop and just to play and, you know, feel good about the game and like the game again. You're touching the puck. You get way more puck touches. That's what he likes about center, as you said in his answer. He likes it because, you know, he gets to touch the puck way more. So I think that's, uh, uh, that's a good one. Hey guys, with, uh, McLeod Perry and Holloway in the third line, they're set it forward. I don't think there's an upgrade on CeCe. Calgary isn't giving up Tanev. Uh, are they going to ride Skinner to death and then rely on Jack to save them? That is both foolish and cheap. Go get Merzlikens from Mick. Merzlikens? What? Why? Um, I've already crunched the numbers on Stuart Skinner. So Stuart Skinner is going to play tomorrow, and then he's likely going to play against Nashville. So that'll have him at 33 starts. The Orders then play 37 games down the stretch after the All-Star break. Eight of them are back-to-back, so there's 16 games. He plays half. That leaves 21 games. I think Stuart Skinner is going to play 13, maybe 14 of those. So that's either means he's going to play 21 or 22 games in the second, in the I call it kind of the second half of the season, right? Now, maybe, maybe they'll push it out a, a little bit more. Maybe he'll be at like 23. Right? Let's just say it's 23. Well, that means he starts 56 games. It's not a ridiculous number. And the good news is the orders in April, they have three sets of back-to-back. In uh, So I was looking at their schedule. Skinner will play four games in the final two weeks of the regular season. I guess he could play five, but there's real no reason to do it. He could play four games in the final 14 days of the year. So I, I think, you know what? I don't think they have to overplay him down that stretch at all. I think he'll probably play. And I looked at Hellebuck's numbers. I looked at uh, Saros's numbers. I looked at the only goalies who are going to be lower are Jake Ottinger. Now, Jake Ottinger had started 21 of the first 24 until he got hurt. So he'll be lower. And Vegas because of Aiden Hill. That's it. The rest are all at 30 starts already. L.A., Colorado, and obviously Georgia has, what, seven more starts already than Skinner? So I, Skinner's not on this ridiculous pace to, uh, you got to remember in January, they haven't played many games. So yes, he's playing them, but they haven't played many games. So I thought he was going to play eight out of 11. It looks like he's going to end up playing nine out of 11. I don't think the one extra game is going to grossly fatigue him enough. As long as they manage it in the final 37, to me, the backup has to play at least minimum 13 of those games. And it's not hard when you have eight back-to-backs. So I don't um, I don't see it being that. Hey, Gregor, the score app says Pickard, John and St. Albert. Well, John, I was at practice. The score app doesn't have anybody at practice. And Stuart Skinner was in the starting net. So um, usually that's how it works, is that the guy in practice in the starters net is the guy who's starting the next game. Now, there's been a few times where it's changed, but not very often. So... You know, and I'll say this about Knobloch, he doesn't play any games. He he tells you the day before who's playing, who's not playing. So um based on everything I saw today, I think uh, Stuart Skinner will play tomorrow. And then I would expect Calvin Pickard and then um Skinner would likely play against Nashville. I guess they could surprise us and and have Pickard play the last two, but I'd probably be a little surprised by that. Hey Greg's back to your parents' discussion. I'm a Zamboni driver at the Dale Fish Arena in Devon. All the parents and coaches I deal with on a regular basis are good people. They're always having fun watching their son or daughter, Mike and Spruce Grove. Exactly, Mike. I think we, we, we get the lazy comments are usually directed to the small, small minority. Oh, hockey parents are terrible. No, no, they're not. There are some small minority who are. Yes. Just like there's some bad teachers. 
there's some bad reporters. There's some bad, but there's lots of good ones too. Right? That's how it works. 2.44 when we return. Uh, Two-minute warning with uh, Cam Tate. We have uh, Terry Ryan coming up uh, later on today. Uh, Spec Kevin Woodley. We'll be talking uh, lots of uh, goaltending. We'll hear from uh, Corey Perry. Uh, Corey Massa, how about Nathan McKinnon, man? That guy is on fire right now. Honestly, I and Oilers fans, it's okay. If he doesn't care, you probably shouldn't care. But right now, Connor McDavid would have to be out of his mind, I think, to get back in the Art Ross, Art Ross race. And even the Hart Trophy race with McKinnon and Kucherov. They're both having great years. And honestly, I don't think, I don't think McDavid's going to care because he wants to go deep. I think he'd be more happy the fact that they've won 13 in a row and how they're winning games. They've learned how to play good defense. But Nathan McKinnon is 18 points ahead of McDavid right now. And in case you're wondering, well, yeah, but in the second half, McDavid's already great. You're right. Last year in the second, in that after the All-Star break, McDavid had 61 points. McKinnon had 57. Like gaining 18 points on one of the other elite players is really hard. So now he does have games in hand. So it's, I think it's fair to say that it's probably closer to like, you know, maybe 10 or 11 points. Still lots to make up. Quick break. We'll return to the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 2.48 on a Monday afternoon. Jason Gregor, Connor Halley with you. Gregor Show, Sports 1440 presented by PlayAlberta.ca. And uh, always coming to you live in the E-Well studio. <laughs> I'll tell you, at E-Well, they are doing very well because like you, they are huge fans of the Edmonton Orders. And so uh, they are pretty jacked up. Uh, they got the show on blast even louder than normal today in the uh, E-Well studios, of course, because... The uh, orders winners of 13 in a row. And uh, uh, Ewell, of course, is your local electrical distributor. And uh, they always remind you, uh, stay tuned for an electrifying show. And uh, if you need any uh, project storage space, they can help you out. E-W-E-L dot C-A. We will uh, get to the uh, two-minute warning uh, with Cam Tate uh, in, in a few seconds. Hey, guys, uh, what do you suppose Armstrong would charge Holland to accept a Campbell trade? I'm thinking Vigmelk and Bukestad, so nothing retained on the orders. First-round prospect, and who else? Todd and Bonneville. Todd, uh, you're dreaming. So you, you're going to get two players and only give up. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The first round of prospect and they're taking Jack Campbell, my man. There's no chance that's happening. Veg Melk and Bukestad themselves would cost you that. Never mind throwing in Jack Campbell to go the other way. Then you got to add in way more. I, a Jack Campbell trade, you guys, I'll tell you this. I think you're wasting your time trying to project what a Jack Campbell trade would look like. I think it's extremely difficult, bordering on almost impossible. And, and I would argue that right now it's not really necessary. The Oilers have a pretty good team. In a perfect world, they maybe could find a top six right wing guy. That would be it. So, and I know people say, well, top pair right defenseman, just name them. Like, there's no Matthias Ekholm as a righty that's available that I've, and I've looked at every team's roster. I, sorry, but I don't do Chris Tanev as that guy. Right? I don't. So, um, plus he's a pen in UFA. You're not giving up all that stuff. And I'm not even sure I'd give up. I'm not sure there's a significant enough upgrade from Tanev to CC in my books. There might be an upgrade, but I'm not sure it's significant enough on what it's going to cost you to make it happen. So, um, but any Jack, here's the thing about Jack Campbell. What if Jack Campbell's, because again, when Jack Campbell got sent down, he actually had better numbers than Stuart Skinner. Now, both were bad. And look at Stuart Skinner. Now, he's played better as an individual because there's still times where the owners give up chances like every team in the league, and he made some good saves that he wasn't making early in the year. But he also, a lot of the games, he's behind a better system better attention to detail. Thus, he's not getting you know, a lot of chances that are just too high danger. He's not going to save anyway. So could Jack Campbell come up here? Would he be an expensive backup? No question. But Stuart Skinner, by a starter standpoint, is very cheap. And so if at the end of it, it's $7.6 million for your starting goaltenders, that's actually a good split. Like what if Jack Campbell is, because is, it's 11 games now in a row, in the American League, he's got a 921 save percentage. I get it's the American League. But what if that can translate to 905 in the NHL? I, I can't say it can't, because I don't know. I'd have to see him. Now, would you do it? Because that means you got to put Pickard on waivers. It's risky. Because you don't want to lose him for nothing, right? We just saw Carolina grab a, a goalie on waivers. Martin from Columbus. But after the trade deadline, once teams have made their trades... Would they still do it? Maybe. I think a little less likely. So I think we could see Campbell here. I, I think a trade for Campbell is is extremely low. Nothing's impossible. I would never say never. I just think it's low probability. Let's get to the two-minute warning now with Cam Tate, brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling Home. The no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. If it breaks down. Doesn't matter what time of day, call Legacy, no overtime charges. LegacyEating.ca, here's Cam Tate. Thinks there, Big J. Fast Eddie here, reading Cam Tate's words. And we have a new bingo jackpot extravaganza on the two-minute warning. Tate's eight. Now, one time, Tate's eight. Eight thoughts, opinions, and asking, what the Sam hell is going on? Ready there, Corey Perry. This is how we roll in Edmonton number eight. There ain't no way, no how, the San Francisco 49ers should be advancing to face the Detroit Lions. Green Bay was clearly the better team Saturday and deserved to win. Number seven. See this? Bill Belichuk to the Atlanta Falcons after saying have a good time without me to the Cowboys and Eagles. You think with his huge contract he might lead a group to bring the NHL back to Atlanta? 
Number six, welcome to Edmonton, Corey Perry. Ain't no pressure on you. Just help the Edmonton Oilers win a Stanley Cup. Number five, with their 13th win in a row Saturday over the Calgary Flames, the Oilers, after decades, are finally emerging out of the shadows of the 1980 Oilers, and more to the point, rightfully claiming their own identity. Number four, in the thinking way out of the box. But why not environment, since Paul Coffey has done wonders with the oiled defensive dudes? Could, perhaps, for the first time, an assistant coach be in the running for the Jack Adams Coach of the Year Award? At number three, this could get messy. Over the week ebb, Medi reports, the Sherwood Park Crusaders and Spruce Grove Saints are among five teams leaving the AJHL to join the BCHL. An announcement on the AJH website says, and this is where it gets murky, the AJHL was informed by the BCHL. Number two, another definition of work ethic cited. Four cars at 545 on a January evening outside of the Edmonton Riverhawks baseball club's office. Number one, a tip of the helmet and tap your stick on the ice before everyone involved in Edmonton Quick Card Minor Hockey Week. Your two-minute warning. Monday, Friday. Jason Greger Show. Sports 1440. So the little spring sound effect at the end there, cons. Really just adding that in there. Production value's rising. Oh, jeez. Wow, Tater's taking it to a new level now. I got a little spring sound effects. I like it. Like it a lot. Hey guys, I don't get the love for Elvis. His price tag, uh, how is he as valuable? Well, nobody bid on it. It's 5.4 million. Now, nobody bid now. I think Elvis Merzlikens is somebody who'll get traded in the offseason because there'll be teams. Carolina would be one for sure for me that would look and you're probably going to get him for a song and a dance. Not going to lot. And they would take him. Because, and, and I do believe that Elvis Merzlikens, when he leaves Columbus, is going to end up having better numbers for a variety of reasons. I think he'll be on a better t- if well if he's on a better team. Even if he's not on a better team, I still think he might have better numbers. I think losing his best friend in that I think at times it it just might impact you even subconsciously. So I think it might be a, a little bit better. Hey Gregor, thoughts on Pareko from the Blues from Nick? Uh, it's a real big it's a real big contract, Nick. The owners don't have any cap space, guys. If they're going to acquire a guy in, with 6.5 million, and trust me, St. Louis isn't retaining when he's got six years left. Like they might retain 4%, right? A small amount, but nothing substantial. So that's 6 million going in. You have to have 6 million going out. So how would you do it? And, and what would you do that's going to make it attractive for St. Louis to do it? So I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Um, I just, I'm looking at the salary cap. The salary cap is a big factor. You, you can't just wish for all these, that's why Corey Perry is such a great addition for Edmonton. It costs him nothing, nothing on the cap because he makes the same as Adam Ernie this year. Now there's a little bit of dead cap space next year because he'll probably, if he plays 10 games, there's $225,000 bonus that will count towards next season. Then if the orders, uh, win the second round, and he plays half the games in either the second round or half of the total games of the first two rounds. He gets another fifty grand. And then if the Oilers make it all the way to the Cup final, because that means they'll have won three rounds, he gets another fifty grand if he plays half the games in the third round or half the games between rounds one, two, and three. So maximum of three hundred twenty-five k of bonus money, which would count to next year. So you put that onto uh, Connor Brown's bonuses. There's three point five mil for next year. 
bonuses that are basically dead cap space. It's not ideal, right? There's no question about it. It's not ideal. And that's why even a buyout of Campbell is just more dead cap space. So if they could say, if, if Jack Campbell can come back and be a respectable backup for a few years with Stuart Skinner being a really good value starter, then you're okay. Right? We'll see. I agree. The team is in a position to try Campbell. When he got sent down, the team turned it around. I would rather be trying to get Flurry. Again, the owners don't have cap space to do it. Not non-starter. And the whole team was playing poorly. They couldn't send them all down. I don't think the team just was like, oh, Jack's gone. We're going to play better. That's not why they started playing better. Coaching change was a massive factor. Massive. And I think the orders are just better than their early record was. That's a fact. They're a good team. Just a good team who played bad for 12 games. Really bad. At times in those games. Because still remember there was games they outshot teams, couldn't score to save their life, and then would give up easy goals. Either off the rush or didn't get a save. So it was a combination of everything. There was very few things going well for the orders to start the season. 301, Terry Ryan will join us in the next hour. Corey Massasak on Nathan McKinnon is on fire. Nathan McKinnon has 57 points his last 31 games. McDavid has 59 points on the season. It's crazy. Nate Mack, he uh, could be winning his first Hart Trophy this year. He is on a mission, but you know what's interesting? And, and if you go by the definition of Hart, and I want to tell people, most valuable to your team doesn't mean that Nathan McKinnon is the best player in the league. It might mean he had the best year. I go career, I'm still taking McDavid all day, every day. But Nathan McKinnon right now, he is a player. Well, he always has been, but even more this year. If you're flipping channels and you like hockey, that's a guy to watch because it's lights out. But the abs really need him. Like, look at him and Rantanen, and then look at the drop-off in offense after that. I think they only have one other forward with more than 26 points. So they're needing him to carry them right now. The blessing for the orders is McDavid has 59 points. He still is the third highest points per game in the, in the NHL. It's not like he's having a bad year. It's still really good. They just don't need him to be going nuclear. He still might, though. And that's what's scary for the opposition. Let's get to the comments. Sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering. Specialize in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 